there, it's Angela, and I'm so glad you found your way here to architecting. Creative careers can be stressful, and it's hard to be vulnerable, but this is your landing pad for raw honesty. I'll help you get clarity, reconnect with your passion, and have the career of your dreams. If you're ready to make a difference, have an impact, and say bye-bye to burnout, stick with me, and let's get architecting. <laughs> Bright Lights, it's Angela. Welcome back to Architecting. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited to have you with me today. Everyone has choices and you chose to listen in. I really value this time that we get to spend together because I love exploring issues around being the best creative professional we can be. Because a lot of times we think success looks like what we might see in another architect we admire or the way that a firm says success has to look or what we might read about in a magazine. And I am here to tell you that none of that is actually true. Take what inspires you, leave the rest Take the time to get in tune with who you really are, what you really want, and there you find your zone of genius where you can really make a difference, where your skills, abilities, and interests all converge and let you shine. And if this sounds maybe a little bit like a platitude and feel-good talk but no real meaning behind it, I want to really invite you to stop and realize why you might be writing this off. Have you long since abandoned your dreams by the wayside because they didn't fit in with the demands of your job? If so, you need to pull over, turn that car around, and go back and pick them up. Do you feel like you are too busy to think about doing one more thing but meeting your deadlines? If so, you need to look at how you spend your time. I talk about this a lot in my book, Time Builder, how you can just reprioritize 10% of your day and find the time suddenly to invest in your passions and your interests and cultivate them in a meaningful way. So it doesn't mean you completely walk away from everything you're doing and all your responsibilities, just that you make 10% of your day where you are the priority. Is it because, and this is a sneaky one, you don't feel like it would be acceptable or safe to say what you really want? Hmm. And this is one I've been working on a lot. As human beings, we are not one-dimensional. We have a lot of different interests, and we can feel sometimes like we have to compartmentalize our life. Like maybe we have to show up a certain way at work, a different way with our family, a different way with other architects when we're networking in a professional environment, 
And yet another different way with friends who don't have the same profession as we do. In each of these versions of ourselves, there's elements that are true and authentic, but we're not letting our whole self shine. We've created compartments based on what we think is appropriate, acceptable, or safe to show to the audience in which we find ourselves, in the setting in which we're in. And this is exhausting. So if you think you're too busy, you think you can't exert your priorities, if you feel like you've lost touch with your dreams or your dreams are too big or too silly to really actually work on making them come true. The root cause of all three of these is often that you are compartmentalizing your life and you're showing only the parts that you think you can show in different situations to different audiences. Therefore, you're putting, number one, a lot of effort into curating who you are in any given moment, which takes a lot of vigilance and a lot of mental effort. Even if it's running in the background of your subconscious, it's still exhausting. And there's a lot of stress there because that curation process is really driven by fear of not being accepted. But the other thing that's happening is by compartmentalizing your life, you're compartmentalizing your energy. Just like if you were designing a space, you would suggest that certain functions be centralized, not decentralized, so you don't have to keep duplicating resources. Same idea in your own life. When you compartmentalize, you're actually duplicating a lot of resources and you're not getting the value of the convergence. Today, I want to invite all of you to come with me on this little journey to decompartmentalize your life and to see not only how freeing and energizing it can be, but how inspiring because when you remove all those little partitions that you have put in place, you start to see how one area of your life can inform and inspire another. You start to develop a way to express yourself in a very unique way in the world that helps you have more value, both as a professional and as a human being. But this requires a certain amount of vulnerability. And most of us perfectionists, and I am raising my hand here, I'm a recovering perfectionist and control freak, do not feel comfortable being vulnerable. We really do let the perfect get in the way of the done, and we hold ourselves back in so many ways because we feel like we can't fail forward and do it messy. Here is an example from my own life of a way that I'm trying to work on this. And as I tell my story, I'm sure you can find links to your own story. 
as many of you know, I am a firm partner and an architect who specializes in healthcare design. And I've always known that space felt like something. Even as a little kid, I was really sensitive to this. And as I learned about architecture, the thing that excited me the most was how designs can respond to culture and social issues or unique needs of people. And I've really spent my whole career studying how to empower people through design. This has led to a field of research called salutogenesis, which literally means health generating. But don't let the word health scare you into thinking it's only about health care. It really can extend to quality of life. And who doesn't want to have their project enhance the quality of life of the people that use it? So I struggled as an architect, first of all, to insert this issue into my work because yeah, it's great to know about this stuff and it's great to study this stuff, but how do we change the way we talk about design so that we are actively considering it? And how do we get our clients to really use this language and talk like this? Because many of our clients are more concerned with getting program needs met, having certain functions incorporated, being on time, being on budget, all of these very practical and important parts of doing a project. Two things don't have to be at cross purposes, but it could feel like when you start talking about design for well-being and doing research, like you're adding to the fee or the schedule. Even within a firm, it may feel like we don't know how to do this or make the time or the space for this, or that's how you approach it, but I'm your counterpart on a different project and I have my way and we're not going to do it the same way. That's one way that my interest over the course of my career at many different firms has been compartmentalized. And I've had to work really hard to evangelize it, to speak up, to be an advocate, to test different processes, to try to, and it's an ongoing process, get this to be much more seamless and automatic. I've had to evangelize it within the profession by using the opportunities I get to speak or to publish to keep pushing these ideas forward, no matter what I'm talking about, to show how it all comes back to this, whether it's at the personal scale or the building or community scale. I've talked about how it shows up when we're talking about equity and that caring about design for well-being means giving people resources and the distribution of resources is absolutely about equity. But I've also had to think about what does it have to do with what I talk about here at architecting and stressless success and this idea of living your best architecture lifestyle, being that creative professional you know you're meant to be. 
getting away from stress, burnout, and overwhelm, and feeling fulfilled. And I started incorporating this as a program I do called Saluted Genesis for Your Soul. It is essentially a workshop that I can do for groups where we talk about applying this principle of having resources to your lifestyle, how you can have a much more restorative way of being a creative professional. And that restorative way lets you actually be more of a high-performing person who gets more done better in less time because you have the resources you need. And then I have to think about how does this show up in other things that I do? How do I bring this story into the way I live my own life? Because it's great to talk about idealistic situations, but none of us lives that picture-perfect life. So where in my own life am I not giving myself the resources I need? Am I not asking for what I need? Am I not having the right boundaries? Am I not being vulnerable enough? How could I show up differently as a leader? You could start to see how I had been compartmentalizing my research work from my other professional work, from the way I showed up in terms of professional organizations or volunteer work, and even what I was learning from my own lifestyle and how I really needed to start integrating more of this, which I have been working very consciously on doing for the past couple of years. Let me start to connect the dots and start to simplify a lot of things in my life, but also to find uncommon connections and adjacent possibilities that start to put me on a different path and start to let me become known for saluted genesis, become known for how well-being matters no matter what you do, because how you do anything is how you do everything. And it's so funny because As I was just beginning to think about how I could peel back more layers and remove more partitions, I happened to interview Dr. Tori Ellis a few days ago for an upcoming podcast episode, and she started to say this exact same thing, and I did not prompt her. She came up with this all by herself. She is a multi-passionate person, and she's worked to create her own lane and integrate multiple interests that from first glance don't appear to have any connection to one another. But she has found the through line and connected the dots and created a unique place for herself that lets her do a lot of different things from private sessions to writing a book, doing interviews, and teaching courses without exhausting herself because she's pulling from all of her different interests to inform each of the things she's offering because they're all being informed by one another. It takes less effort to do them in an integrated way 
than it would take if she had had those compartments in place and was duplicating resources every time she focused on one of these interests. Because as you could imagine, she would run out of bandwidth and probably would abandon a few of these different interests because she just wouldn't have the energy. But by integrating, she can do all of them well and all of them coming from a very uniquely informed place because no one else is doing this combination of things. I can't wait for you to hear that interview. It is really fire and has so much good stuff. I just love the serendipities that happen that when we put our attention somewhere, we really start to see and hear more of that same issue popping up everywhere. So now I'm going to challenge you to think of five different interests that you have. And some of these might be hobbies. They might be things like doing yoga or doing jigsaw puzzles or crosswords. They could be things that you're really interested in professionally or culturally. Maybe you're a big movie buff. And rather than deciding that an interest is important or not important, I want you to find the five that you love the most. And I want you to find a way to incorporate them into your work life. First, that's going to feel really bizarre, and you're going to think, well, there isn't a connection. But remember this technique of reframing. So rather than saying there isn't one, say, what if there could be one? How might that work? What could that look like? Could it be a way you structure projects or a way you start conversations? or a way you ask questions differently, or draw analogies among things. What could you do? And every time you feel stuck, let it be light, let yourself play with it, and just say, well, what if I could? What might that look like? What if? What if? What if? By saying what if, you're not putting pressure on yourself to have an answer. You're really letting yourself Tap into what would be fun, which lets you actually make more neural connections among things when we do it in a spirit of fun and play. And we let the imagination run wild and we don't edit it. We just say, what if? What if? As you begin to take away some of the compartments that you've sorted your life into, and begin to think about the possibilities for integrating them and converging your energy instead of dispersing it, I would love to hear what the combinations are because I bet they're going to be amazing and they're going to take you further, faster in your career, let you enjoy a much higher quality of life than you ever thought possible. Make your list, share them with me. You can tag me on Instagram at architectingpodcast.com or you can tag the architecting page on LinkedIn. You can also leave a comment 
where you listen to podcasts, and remember to like, rate, and review. And this is a really fun thing to do with a friend, so refer a friend who you think might have fun with this too to this podcast episode, and then have lunch together and make your lists. And then hold each other accountable for beginning to take away those partitions and be in the fun and the energy of integration. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you next time. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired.